Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Cybersecurity Matters podcast. I'm your host, Dominic Vogel, and joining me as always is Mr. Dapper himself and my co-host, Christian Redshaw. Christian, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I am matching you with my gray suit. <laughs> I finally came around from the blue to the gray so that we can be uh, twins. Double, double, double the dapperness, I suppose. Without the hair. Yeah. <laughs> how are you doing today? I, I'm doing great. I'm excited for today's episode uh, because I think we're, we sort of brought ourselves to the conclusion of yet another great season yes. of the Cybersecurity Matters podcast. And, um, you know, I know uh, we were talking about what would be a great way of at least putting a, a bow on the end of this season. I, yes. I know you had a great idea for us to, to sink our teeth into. I really do. And I can't wait to, to get into it. So I'm thinking, you know, we have some common themes that keep coming up in our videos and in the show. Mm -hmm. And if it's okay with you, Dom, I would like to do a top 10 Dave Letterman style questions, rapid fire questions for you. If you want to park and go slower on some of them, that's absolutely fine with me. But if, if it's okay with you, I'll get going on these questions. I love it. I love Dave Letterman. If you had said Jay Leno, I would have told you to get the <laughs> hell out, but uh, let's roll with the Letterman top 10, my friend. Sounds good. So the first one is about digital trust. We've talked a lot about it on the show. It's mm -hmm. a theme that has emerged. Yeah. Why is digital trust such an important concept for our viewers and listeners? Uh, such a good question. I think also that, that digital trust experience, right? And I think more and more, uh, when we emerge or we keep merging deeper and deeper into the online experience, every organization needs to have an online experience now. Unless, as you always say, that they're selling tacos <laughs> in the back of their mother's vault. That's right, that's right. In the unless, back of which unless, is Montana. Un <laughs> unless you fall under that r rare exception, um, which there's a clause. There's a clause. It's a taco clause. clause. That's, a, yeah, taco clause. Uh, that's a good name, actually. I like that. But uh, for, for every other organization, part of how your customers, your clients see you is going to be through that digital tr uh, trust experience. So you need to invest in that now because if they have a negative digital trust experience with you, that's going to affect their relationship with you and they'll go, they'll go elsewhere. Also your reputation as well. Absolutely. All right. So let's talk about the cybersecurity at a board of directors level. So what is needed, it's question number two, mm -hmm. at the board level uh, in an organization in terms of the board being able to provide cybersecurity oversight for the organization? Uh, to me, I can I think sum it up in one word, engagement. Mm -hmm. uh, they're still, uh, board of directors are still very disengaged when it comes to cybersecurity or cyber risk management. They'll talk about it once a year or they'll, you know, they'll summon the CIO and ask for a state of the union and then they won't do anything about it. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it still comes down to the board of directors needing to be more engaged. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's, uh, and we're seeing a, tr a trend where more board of directors are bringing in third party security firms or mm -hmm. advisory firms to provide them with the guidance and oversight that they should be extending in terms uh, to the whether their internal IT team, their IT yeah. service provider. Uh, so and they may not have that on their board. Uh, exactly, exactly. That so I think, I think it really comes down to uh, the boards need to be more engaged. Awesome. Question number three, what is the role of cyber insurance in effectively managing cyber risk? Oof. Probably a better question for you, but uh, <laughs> to me, I think again, it's recognizing that it is a risk management tool. It is not the uh, silver bullet that so many people still think that it is. It is not. It is not a get out of jail card. Um, in fact, if you haven't done any of the basics, your cyber insurance could easily be null and void in the yes. event when you actually need it. So I think uh, to really understand and all this is that deal with the inherent risk, 
reduce that as much as you can, and then whatever residual cyber risk is there, that's where a risk management tool like cyber insurance can fill the void. Awesome, you passed the test, you got that question correctly. <laughs> I have my insurance license now. <laughs> moving, moving on to number four, well done. So what is proact why is proactively dealing with cyber risk better than mm -hmm. waiting for something bad to happen? Oh gosh, you know, I, I I'll think, to me I think about that from a personal health perspective as well, right? It's the, you could, eat, you could keep eating like a slob and wait for that massive heart attack. Uh, Are you calling me out? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, or you could uh, recognize that you need to do something proactively and not wait for that heart attack slash stroke moment. I think that's what we're seeing with businesses today. So many of them are, are playing with the proverbial fire, waiting to just experience that heart attack moment. But the thing is, not all companies survive that. Mm -hmm. right? uh, and I think, again, that's the, the, <laughs> the, that's the risk that they're playing. So if you're a business owner uh, or an executive in the SMB space and you feel that's a risk you want to play, then mm -hmm. um, I mean, that's certainly your prerogative, uh, but that's not prudent risk management. Yeah, and how can I say this quickly? Your reputation and the cost. It's cheaper to do it proactively than reactively. Digital forensics, PR firms, so on and so forth. All right, awesome. Question number five. What is missing in the communication between IT and the leadership of many organizations? <laughs> uh, I'd say what's missing is- Not all. I'd say what's missing often is a common language. You have the business side speaking in dollars and risk. You have the IT team speaking in various versions of tech talk. Neither side understands one another. Each side does, uh, doesn't necessarily fully trust the other. Uh, I think that's where, again, the sometimes in many organizations, the necessity to bring in a conduit or a bridge um, between the two, right? mm -hmm. whether that be a security advisory firm that can speak both sides that can speak both languages. And uh, actually speak into specific IT issues it, that may not even relate to cybersecurity. Absolutely, absolutely. I think that's that's a that's a common piece that, uh, or missing common piece that needs to happen, right? Find that translator. Perfect. Next question. Number, what number are we on here? Number I, six. I believe six, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is the starting point of the cybersecurity journey? Well, gosh, that, haven't been yeah, on. That, that's a really good question. Um, I'd say that first step is acknowledging that it is a journey, mm -hmm. right? That this isn't something that your IT guy is going to deal with over over lunch kind of thing, <laughs> um, right? Recognizing that this is a journey, that this is a business risk. Um, that to me is where it starts. And then recognizing that you need to bring in a third party, right? Um, most small organizations don't have that people power when it comes to cybersecurity or cyber risk management, bring in that third party, get that fresh set of eyes, uh, mm -hmm. understand where you currently are in your maturity journey, understand where you should be going in the yes. next few years, and then work with an advisory firm to get you down that path. Awesome, so audit slash assess the past and the present mm -hmm. and roadmap the future. Absolutely. Awesome. Number seven, why is cybersecurity not a project? Yeah. <laughs> I, guess someone I mean, if they want to call it a project, I'm okay to call it a project, but why is, why is it really not a project? I, I'd say the sub-components sub of it could be a project, but it's not uh, like upgrading to the latest version of Office or upgrading to the latest version of Windows, as an example. There, uh, It needs to be interwoven into the fabric of an organization, mm -hmm. to the DNA of the organization, right? Uh, it's, it's at the strategic level, it will continually evolve. Yes. Uh, and it, when it gets seen through a strategic lens, you don't uh, lump it into a, a project bucket. Yes. Uh, obviously, like I said, there are going to be subcomponents, which are projects, but as a whole, this is something which matures as your organization matures and grows over time. Yes, and also the underlying risk of cyber risk is an evolving dynamic risk versus just a static Absolutely. 
risk that yeah. is frozen in time in yeah. 1995. Yeah. One of our favorite years to refer back to. It was a good year. It was. It was the year I graduated high school, so I'll never forget that. I was nine. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, number eight, coming down the home stretch now. Why is cybersecurity not just a technology issue? Uh, I think, or just an IT I, issue. Absolutely. I think parlaying off, off what we were talking about earlier there, uh, when it gets sent off to the side for IT or your IT service provider to deal with, um, it doesn't get the uh, risk management level of engagement that it deserves. Right? It gets seen as a technical issue that can get, fi- that can get fixed rather than an actual risk that needs to be managed and optimized year after year after mm-hmm. year after year. Um, so again, that's that dangerous mindset. And so if you're a business owner or your executive in the SMB space, please don't treat it as an IT issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, you're gonna be short selling your, your company there very soon. Yeah, it's a business issue and a risk issue for sure. Okay, number nine, what questions should you ask at the leadership level in your organization about cybersecurity? So I have 20 questions written down here. <laughs> I'm hoping you check them all, go ahead. The <laughs> the uh, uh, st- starting off with the actually defining that risk appetite, right? What t- level of risk or cyber risk is your organization willing to tolerate, <clears throat> and being able to understand that uh, at the executive level and at the board level, there needs to be a mutual agreement. Right? Mm-hmm. It can't be everyone has their own different interpretation of cyber risk. Uh, understanding that, also identifying what is the critical data, what's the data mm-hmm. that actually makes this organization tick. Right? And being also able to say, what are our most critical systems? In the event we get slayed by ransomware, right? what are the maybe top one, two, three, four, what have you, but what are the first systems that should be coming on? You can't turn it on everything at once. Right? So uh, it's like uh, think about like a light switch. What are the first lights you're gonna be turning on? Uh, your network, your application. Absolutely, right? And again, having that determined by the board and the executives, right? That should not be done by the IT team. That should not be done by a security team. That's a business decision. It needs to be made by the upper echelons of, of any organization. Um, the, the, the other thing, and I'm not sure I'm gonna even get to 20, so <laughs> the, the, the other thing that, that, that really comes to mind as well is understanding the concept of what are we willing to spend? Right? From a budgetary perspective or an investment perspective, and then tying that back to what's actually at risk. Right, so by going through that, that uh, almost well for to uh, refer to it as a data discovery process, uh, knowing you know what is that data, right? What is it worth to our organization? Mm-hmm. A lot of organizations don't really understand well, either a what is their most valuable data, the you know, crown jewels, the proverbial crown jewels. Mm-hmm. Where does it reside? Who has access to it? And what value does that provide to the organization? That's awesome. Because if you're able to say yes, that's worth to us X dollars. Well, then you, through a risk management lens, you can say, well, you know, we can spend up to maybe uh, X minus, you know, $200,000 or mm-hmm. X minus, you know, $300,000, right? Something that makes sense because you don't want to spend more than X, mm-hmm. right? Uh, if it's a $500,000 asset, let's say for round numbers, you're not going to spend $800,000 protecting right. it, right? So I think it, this is really going through an approach where we can better quantify cyber risk in, in an organization. So. Tell me the rest of them. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm going to leave it there because you did a pretty comprehensive job That's of ticking great. most of the boxes there. Nicely done, Tom. Final question. Why is cybersecurity a competitive advantage? Oh, what a great one to end on. I love that. I think that even goes back to the the, the beginning there about the digital trust experience. Um, especially during COVID, we've seen even the most ardent organizations that refused to take the online plunge, mm-hmm. they had to. Stores were closed. People couldn't go physically go, go in there. They had to establish an online presence. Um, and now recognizing that by 
investing in cybersecurity, investing in a digital trust experience that will form a form of competitive advantage uh, for organizations. Uh, again, especially right now with B2B organizations. So if you sell a product or service to another organization, mm-hmm. that is quickly, A, it's right now, I'd say it's a competitive advantage spot, but it's quickly going to move towards being table stakes. Mm-hmm. Why? We're seeing through inc- increased supply chain risk, through increased uh, uh, vendor risk management and third-party supply chain risk management. Large organizations are clamping down on that because they recognize that that's a weakness mm-hmm. in their cybersecurity posture. So if you're a smaller B2B and you rely on larger organizations that you sell your product to or, or service to, uh, you need to be able to demonstrate your cybersecurity ca- capabilities very quickly. Like I said, right now, that's a for- source of competitive advantage, mm-hmm. but very quickly that's going to become table stakes uh, item. So you need to invest in that now. That is awesome. I'm hearing you talk about digital trust there, which is a beautiful way to land the plane because that's exactly how we (laughs) took off on this journey. (laughs) So I'm going to hand it back over to you and we can talk about what we've got going on uh, coming up in the fall. Uh, absolutely. And I, I hope Dave Letterman does, uh, did appreciate that. And uh, I tried to grow a beard. He'll not, appreciate your beard. Yes, yes. Yeah. I'm not quite as white or as bushy as that, but uh, Dave Letterman, I do respect your beard game. Um, in terms of, again, we've, we've had a great year, great guests, great themes that we've been hit, uh, uh, touched upon. And I think it was a great reflection for that. Uh, very excited for what we're going to be doing in the fall. Uh, just a continuation of more amazing guests, more amazing people that, that we've had the opportunity to uh, uh, build relationships with. And we're excited to introduce them to our dedicated and loyal uh, listeners and viewers. Uh, And we're also very keen and very happy to be adding Optive Security to the sponsorship family of the Cybersecurity Matters podcast. Uh, They'll be coming on board uh, this coming fall, and we're super, super excited uh, uh, about that. We're super excited to have Optive guests on the show as well and for them to fully embrace the Cybersecurity Matters experience. Uh, But uh, on behalf of Christian and I, it's been an absolutely wonderful season. We thank you, uh, our loyal listeners of yours, for joining us each and every week and supporting us on the podcast and through social media. Um, Thank you again, and we're looking forward to an amazing season four, I believe. Or is it is three? It? I don't know. I lost track, actually. <laughs> I have two. Can we count to four or three? I, or I'm not sure. Are we? I we think look, it's three, isn't we it? We look forward to the upcoming season, yeah. number TBD. But uh, We'll drop uh, that in the description. Yeah. When we <laughs> <it out. laughs> but thank you again, and we look forward to joining you again next season. 